friend. Welcome to Claiming Simplicity Podcast. I'm your host, Monica H. Baker. Are you feeling tired and overwhelmed as a mom working paycheck to paycheck, wanting to get out of debt and enjoy your family? I was too. And I realized if I was going to put God and family first, I had to stop spending all of my time at work. So I created a simplified life plan that allowed me to get out of debt, scale back my career, and still be able to live fruitfully but with more purpose and time than ever before, and I never look back. Inside this podcast, you will learn how to simplify your home and finances, learn simple routines, personal development, and connect your faith. I'm so grateful you're here. If you're ready to create a simplified life that you dreamed of, you are in the right place. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about fermented foods. Fermented foods and beverages are becoming increasingly popular. You can buy kombucha at most places, and many people make their own. Sourdough bread has increased in popularity, and now you can see more varieties of yogurt, sauerkraut, and kimchi in your local supermarket. Fermentation can increase the vitamins and minerals in food and make them more available for absorption. Fermentation increases B and C vitamins and enhances folic acid, riboflavin, niacin, thiamine, and biotin. The probiotics, enzymes, and lactic acid in fermented foods facilitate the absorption of these vitamins and minerals into the body. During the fermentation process, beneficial microbes break down sugars and starches into alcohols and acids, making food more nutritious and preserving it so people can store it longer without it spoiling. Fermentation products provide enzymes necessary for digestion. This is important because humans are born with a number of enzymes, and they decrease with age. Fermented foods contain the enzymes required to break them down. Fermentation also aids in pre-digestion. During the fermentation process, the microbes feed on sugars and starches, breaking down foods before anyone's even consumed it. So, what are the advantages of fermentation? Fermented foods are rich in probiotics, beneficial microorganisms that help maintain a healthy gut so it can extract nutrients from food. Probiotics aid in the immune system because the gut produces antibiotic, anti-tumor, antiviral, and antifungal substances, and the pathogens don't do well in the acidic environment fermented foods create. Fermentation also helps neutralize anti-nutrients like phytic acid, which occurs in grains, nuts, seeds, and legumes, and can cause mineral deficiencies. People have really become so disconnected with our food that we've kind of become afraid of it. We hear things all the time with methods such as canning and dehydrating, even freezing, about the dangers associated with preserving food. And so we've become rather touchy and a little bit scared. And that's important to stay close to the recipe for things like pressure canning, low acidic foods, and other methods. But fermenting vegetables is very, very safe. There is no hidden dangers involved. If something goes wrong with your ferment, you will know immediately when you open that jar because it's going to smell so bad, nobody would be able to pay you to eat it. So you can relax. Fermenting is very easy and very simple. When fermenting, you don't really need a lot of expensive material. 
You don't need to buy new canning lids every year, and you can just use regular old jars. You don't even need to use canning jars. They don't have to be airtight, and they don't have to be anything special. You wouldn't want to use anything that's metal, like stainless steel or aluminum. And plastic molecules will leak into food because fermenting creates a lot of acids, which break down plastic. So you wouldn't want to use plastic either. Fermenting is fast, it's easy, and actually relatively hands-off. You just kind of get it going, and the next step is just keep an eye on it and transfer it to cold storage. What can you ferment? Just about everything. You can ferment eggs, milk, meats. You can ferment fruits and vegetables. You can ferment raw foods, cooked foods. You can ferment all sorts of things. You want to make sure your food is as fresh as possible. Start your fermentation process as soon as you bring your vegetables in from the garden. Make sure they have not been sprayed. If they have been sprayed by fungicides, pesticides, herbicides, you're very likely to kill off the good bacteria that you want to grow, and you'll end up with rotten food rather than fermented food. You'll want to keep your foods as close to a uniform size as possible. It's easy when you're doing garlic or cabbage because they're all kind of the same size. But if you're making a medley of vegetables, for instance, like peppers and onions, you'll want to make sure they are about the same size. That way, everything ferments at the same rate. If you're working with vegetables that you can ferment in different ways, you'll need to consider your overall size. When you're fermenting your vegetables, you will need to keep them under a salt brine. And the reason for that is that the salt protects the food from taking on bad bacteria and molds and yeast that aren't supposed to be there while the good bacteria, lactobacillus bacteria, is getting a chance to grow, taking over the container of fermented foods to later protect it from those bad elements. Lactobacillus bacteria can handle reasonable amounts of salt. So you'll wanna use salt brine, really high quality salt. Do not use iodized salt or table salt, as both of those contain chemicals that can harm your ferment. You can use 100% pure sea salt. You can use Himalayan salt, a Celtic salt. You can use Redmond real salt. This is the one I buy in bulk. Any of those are just fine. Now there is a huge range of things that you can use as your starter liquid. You can use some plain kombucha, or you can use some juice from a previous ferment. If you don't have those, you can go ahead and go to the store and get a plain organic yogurt. When it comes to actually fermenting your vegetables, there are two different ways we can go. One is to submerge your vegetables under the brine, and the other is to actually salt the vegetables themselves and allow the juices to come out of the vegetables to create their own brine. Now the way that you know which one of those you're going to do is by the size of the pieces of vegetables that you're working with. Anything that's chopped, like large pepper pieces that are sliced or they're kind of entirely whole, like garlic pieces, you're going to want to pour the brine over. Anything that's shredded or finely diced, you're going to want to salt and allow the salt to pull the juices out of the vegetables themselves. If you have a root cellar or any other location that stays consistently cool without freezing, then that would be great and you could really take advantage of those spaces Otherwise, you might have to use a refrigerator. Now, something that's important to remember about storing your fermented foods is that putting your ferments into a cold storage does not stop the fermentation. It just slows it way down, closer to the level of freezing 
that you get, the slower the fermentation is going to go. What that means is that the colder you get without actually freezing, the longer it's going to take for your food to really break down from the fermentation process. And the longer it's going to take to get really sour, which all means that the cooler you keep it, the longer you'll be able to enjoy it. It is important to note that fermented food really does not go bad as long as it stays under its brine. So you could count on your food in cold storage being good for six months, a year, a year and a half, two years. You're going to know if a ferment has gone bad. I just want to encourage you to look up some recipes online and try to ferment some foods now that you know the benefits. It's safe and it's super simple to do. I would love to hear what you try and also what your favorite fermented foods are. Enjoy your week. Thank you so much for being here. If this podcast inspired you or helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and I may feature your review on the air. Please share this podcast with your friends. Join our free Claiming Simplicity Facebook group to connect with other women that want to simplify. And don't forget to take a screenshot and tag me at Claiming Simplicity on Instagram. I can't wait to connect with you.